Welcome to the Storyteller's Mindset, a podcast that, wait, what? This is the Authorpreneur's Mindset? No, no, no. They said to be here at 3 p.m. on Saturday. I know I'm in the right place. Ah, whatever. Maybe I'll just go with it. Welcome to the Authorpreneur Mindset, a podcast about the writer's life and what it takes to become successful, both traditionally and as an indie. It's a podcast that takes a look at the business aspect of the publishing industry and picks it apart. If you enjoy the show and want more, you can sign up for the Steam Power Dreams mailing list to receive emails with valuable information right in your inbox. Just head over to steampowerdreams.com slash authorpreneurmindset to sign up now. Alright, so this isn't the storyteller's mindset. At least not yet. Later this year, the podcast, Instagram channel, and the Facebook group is actually going to be transforming from the authorpreneur mindset to, as you probably guessed, the storyteller's mindset. This goes hand in hand with the changes that are happening over on Steam Powered Dreams and the transition from a publishing house to a story studio. So with all the changes happening, I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to talk about story, what it means, and why it's important. Before we get into the topic of story, I just wanted to give a quick update on the rebranding and how it's actually going. I just recently completed an overhaul of many of the website pages. So if you haven't been there in a while, you should probably check it out. I'm really happy with the homepage especially. I also vastly upgraded our service page, though there's still a bit more I have to do in that regard. See, with the rebranding comes an expansion of what we're going to offer, while also putting a few things on the back burner that wasn't really working for us anyway. We're still offering service for writers, such as editing and formatting, as well as our two types of publishing. But we're doing away with some of the other services for writers and replacing them with writing consultation, or coaching essentially. This will cover anything that a writer needs that doesn't require us to actually comb over the manuscript itself. We'll also be merging SPD websites into the main site, as well as offering marketing and branding for storytellers. From here on out, everything we do will revolve around story and storytellers in mind. Alright, so I think that's a good transition point to actually start talking about story. You'd be surprised at how few people can truly define what story means. The official definition is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment. And that makes sense. But by that definition, pretty much anything could be considered a story. For the sake of this episode, let's reword that definition to something more along the lines of an account of an event shared from one person to another that invokes your imagination and leaves you wanting more. Even this definition doesn't truly encapsulate what story truly is, so let's dive a little deeper. A story really is a retelling of events that is designed to catch the attention of the audience. This retelling could be through written word, sounds and words, visually, or even by touch or smell. And if you don't think that you've ever experienced a story from a smell, I invite you to find your favorite childhood food or the perfume your grandmother wore and tell me it doesn't invoke a retelling of events from your past. You see, a storyteller doesn't have to be an actual person, just as a story doesn't have to be seen or heard. I'd go even further and say that a story actually invokes multiple senses at once. At least a good story does. Thinking back again to your favorite food growing up, if you're like most people, just the thought of it, which is you retelling it to yourself, might allow you to smell or taste it, even though it's nowhere near you. 
Now, I don't want to get too far into this abstract idea of what story and, and storytellers are, but it's good to understand this concept since marketers are using these tactics more and more to sell their products and services. And actually, that's not a bad thing. But none of this explains why one story is great and another might fall flat. The reason behind this is that a good storyteller actually knows that a story is more than just the senses. A truly good story also needs to do at least one of the following. Inform, educate, or entertain. Let's walk through each of these so we can get a good idea of how effectively to create stories around each one. Using a story to inform essentially means you're using the words to tell someone about something. In marketing, this is usually a service or product, but could just as easily be an event or situation. Maybe you're trying to get the word out about your new copywriting service, so you tell a story about how you got started. On the other hand, when you tell a story to educate, you have to give detailed steps, which might seem counterintuitive to storytelling. However, everything you do has a story in it, even if it's simply how to screw in a screw. And finally, entertaining. This is what most people think of when they think of story, so I won't spend too much time on this. But it's your job to invoke emotion from them in a way that they feel connected to what you're saying or writing. So let me give you an example of a story. This is the one that's pretty personal to me. When I was young, I knew a boy named Jared. He looked up to me and just, he really wanted to be like me. Now, I wasn't a bully by any definition of the word. In fact, I'd been bullied myself a lot prior to meeting Jared, but something about the way he treated me really brought out the worst. Anyway, Jared was a nice kid, but he didn't have very many friends. I took him under my wing, so to speak, and after a few months, he would do pretty much anything I asked. During class, if I didn't have my homework, he'd let me copy. At lunch, I'd ask him for some of his food, even though I had my own. And if there was something that I needed during recess, I'd send him to do it instead of doing it myself. This went on for a while, and for some reason, I started to take advantage of Jared. Instead of asking him for favors, I'd start commanding him around. Instead of seeing if he wanted to share his food with me, I, I would just take it. It got so bad that I actually nicknamed him my dog. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't actually think st telling this story would get to me, but it's bringing back some really bad memories. Poor Jared really looked up to me, and there I was treating him worse than the people who made fun of him. He put up with me for a while because in between these things, I treated him like a friend, and I really did think of him like one. But you can only push someone so far when they've had enough, and Jared finally had had enough. We had this game we played, which he hated, looking back now, where I'd trip him and throw him on the ground, and then pick him up and do it again. It was a rainy day when it finally happened. We were playing outside, undercover, during recess, and I thought it'd be funny to trip him right into a puddle. What I didn't think would happen is that he'd slip and fall, not just into the puddle, but into the mud next to it as well. His pants, which were white, by the way, were covered in mud. I'll never forget his face when he stood up and told me he'd had enough, and he actually lunged at me. His shoes were so muddy, though. Instead of being able to punch me, he slipped and fell. There were so many other kids around, and, and they were laughing at him, and I just felt horrible. I helped him up, and I told him I was so sorry, but the damage was done. Now, this story is simple, but it has a lot of elements to it. The first thing to note is that it actually does all three of the things I mentioned. It informs the listener of an action or time in my life when I wasn't as thoughtful 
as I should have been. It educates about the danger of treating someone so poorly, as well as what might happen if you push someone over the edge. And it entertains by bringing up emotion of anger against me, feeling sorry or sad for Jared, and it may even have brought a laugh or two to some people. This is an example of something more personal, but I think you can begin to understand how these kind of stories you tell are more than just the words written or the words spoken. When you're trying to determine how to go about creating your story, or even editing it, ask yourself if it has these elements. It's also important to keep in mind that many stories are not meant to educate or inform, but almost all good stories incorporate at least a simple lesson in them. So that's it for this week's topic. With storytelling becoming a much more important part in, in the podcast and in my life in general, I'm hoping to tackle more topics like this and delve even deeper into each element of story. If you have any questions, there's a few ways you can reach me. The first is through the website at steampowerdreams.com slash authorpreneurmindset. And you can simply click ask a question. The second is to join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash SPD Writers Helping Writers. Don't forget to check our Instagram out either at Authorpreneur Mindset. And until next week, I'm your host Jeremy, and don't forget to keep moving forward. The music for the podcast, named Funky Element, provided by Ben Sound at bensound.com.